0: Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. In the book of Galatians chapter 6 verse 14, 15, 16 and then 17... The writer said, God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The world has been crucified to me by Jesus. And the means for me to be freed of the control and the power of the world is the cross of Christ. And he said, so because of that, there's nothing I want to boast in. There's nothing I want to make the, the pride of my life. Is that God forbid that I should boast, except in the cross. Hallelujah! We believers boast in the cross. We boast in the cross. We boast in the cross. The cross is our point of reference for celebration. The cross is our point of reference For our excitedness in life, the cross is the point of reference for our Confidence in life, and so Paul puts it this way in Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. He says that we do not put confidence in the flesh, said for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoicing in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. No confidence, he said, God forbid that I should boast, except, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Except In the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm glad that we are the hallelujah people and the cross is in front of us. The cross is our point of reference. The cross, when we turn back, is the cross we point to. When we look forward, is the cross we point to. When we look to the right, is the cross we point to. When we look to the left, is the cross we point to. We are the people of the cross crucified. So we believe and we boast in the cross. Somebody who believes that you are a product of the cross, shout hallelujah. They can't take us. Listen, they can't separate us from the cross. We are the people of the cross. The cross is a symbol of sacrifice. But it's not just a symbol of sacrifice. It's a symbol of power. It's a symbol of triumph. Hallelujah. Satan has always wanted to get rid of Jesus or get rid of the invisible battle been trying to get rid of God's plan, and God's plan was coming through Jesus. So Satan has always targeted that, no, I got to stop Jesus. I got to stop the coming of Jesus. And then Jesus shows up. He said, how? Okay, let's kill all children and get rid of him. He escaped. And then when he starts preaching, they try to kill him. He tried to kill him, kill him, kill him. He tried, tried, and finally got Judas to betray him. He said, yeah, we got him. We got him. We got him. They were rejoicing. We got him. And He couldn't work. He didn't do any miracle. They condemned him to death. They beat him. They crucified him. The the nails went through his first, uh, the right uh, wrist, then the left wrist, and then his ankles, and bam, he was nailed to the cross. Wow, we got him. Finally, we got him. God said he was going to crash our head, but we got him, but we got him. And so they nailed him to the cross and crucified him, and guess what? They killed him. They killed him in, in Acts chapter 3, verse 13, uh, particularly verse 15. It says that even though Pontius Pilate wanted to release him, you they killed the Jews said so you killed him, verse 15. And killed the prince of life. They actually killed him, killed the prince of life. They killed him. Jesus, listen, Jesus did not fall unconscious. He was killed. He wasn't unconscious on the cross because they beat him, beat him, beat him, and beat him so much. And then he was, he was so unconscious, he couldn't help himself. And so finally, yeah, he gave up. He was so, and then after about three days, he regained strength. <laughs> no, 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 no. He died. Why did he have to die? I'm going to tell you why. The reason why he had to die, the reason why, one of the reasons why he had to die is because he had to go to the uh, 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 abyss. He has to go to Tartarus. He has to go to the abyss and go and make declarations. He was going to make declarations. You thought you were, f- you were ending everything with me. You thought you were stopping me, but there you go. I am back here. I came rather to crush the head of the devil. Bible says that because the children were flesh and blood, his brethren, because his brethren were flesh and blood, he himself shared in the same that through death he might destroy Hebrews chapter two verse verse fourteen that through death he might destroy so he he had to destroy one of the reason why he had to go on the cross was to destroy was to destroy him who has the power of death had to destroy him he was so on the cross what guess what he was not just dying he was destroying. God, I I just feel like rejoicing. On the cross, he was not dying. They thought they were killing him. But guess what? He was crushing. He was crushing the head of that serpent. He was crushing the head of the devil. The head of the devil, that means that the authority of the devil against anyone who is in Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus crushed the authority of the devil. On the cross, he was not just dying. He was killing. He was destroying. And then he said to his disciples in John chapter 12, verse 31 and 32 and 33, he said, and I am the light of this world. Then verse 32, let's go to that. And I, if I be lifted from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. Wow, all people to myself. Who are these all people? You and I who are born again. He needed to go to the cross so that on the cross, by going to the cross, he can draw us to himself. And we also understand that whilst he was on the cross, Anyone who looks to him on the cross, as Moses lifted the serpent, if anyone can also look, up, oh my goodness, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Before you read the verse, for God so loved the world, you have to see that as Moses, verse 14, as Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness, as Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness, even so, someone shout even so, shout Even so. Even so. And that next word is a necessary condition. It's a must. He must be lifted up. He must be lifted. And now being lifted up means going to the cross. He must be lifted up. Jesus being lifted up means going to the cross jesus being lifted up means going to the cross so he said if i be lifted up people will look at me and be free and i will also draw men i'll draw people to my side i'll draw people to my side that is why we cannot help but to celebrate the cross we are the people of the cross shout hallelujah when we well, become we are the people of the cross blood has been shed for us so he went on the cross he had to die so he would crush the head of the serpent he had to die So he will go to the abyss, abusos, the Greek word. He will go to the abusos, the abyss, and go and preach and make proclamation, declaration that the victory has been won for anyone who is in Christ. The victory has been won for God's people. The victory, Jesus' death on the cross was God's victory over evil on this earth. Hallelujah! And guess what? So whilst he was crushing the power of the devil... He was also paying for our sins. One of the things that I haven't said is the first time ever in the history of human beings when hell, God sent hell on earth, is only once. Hell, hell has visited the earth before. That was three hours before Jesus died, from 12 midday to 3 p.m. Bible says there was darkness on the earth. There was darkness on the earth. And then God just oh God just didn't turn His face away from Jesus Christ. There was darkness all uh, on the whole land until the ninth hour, until 3 p.m. For three hours, hell. God sent hell. You know why? You know why? Because on the cross, when Jesus cried, "Eli," the Mark version says, "Eloi, Eloi, lama ksebaktani." In the Matthew version or Luke version, Eli, Eli, lamaq sabachthani. The verse saying, Elohi, Elohi, lamaq sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's Psalm 22, right? He quoted, even on the cross, he was quoting. Even on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was quoting from the cross because he was the word of God. There's nothing God can do on earth without his word. So even on the cross, when he was dying, he was quoting. He was quoting. And he said, Why did he say, Because Eli has God has forsaken him. God has turned his face. So now watch this. It wasn't that God just withdrew from Jesus. That would have kind of been very bad, and it's a difficult thing he couldn't take. But not just that, all the anger, all the wrath, the wrath, the wrath of God against sin. According to Romans chapter 1, verse 18, it says that for the wrath of God against unrighteousness has been revealed. Says, for says for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth. So God has wrath. Anyone will tell you, oh, God, you can't present God as a, a God God is only a, a loving God. A, 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 a le- a, don't, don't make God a nanny. He's no nanny. He's Papa. He's Papa, no nanny. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, he's not. Um, no, he has the mum, hum, hum, mum, side, but he also has the, hey, side, whoa, side. He has the hell side, blessing side, and he has the whoa side, the whoa side. And depend, God is available. What you do is determined by which side of God you enjoy. Because you cannot be breaking God's law and working against God. And God says, "That is still my loving one. I love no." But you, you are supposed to be a righteous judge. Abraham said in Genesis chapter chapter nineteen. Genesis chapter nineteen. Abraham said, "Shall the judge of all flesh not do right?" The judge, or if you are the judge, a righteous judge, you have to do what is right. Shall the judge of all not do right? Abraham asked that question. I know, he said, far be it from, from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you, that's Abraham talking to God. Though. Are not the judge of all the earth not do right? The one who is, he has to do right. Listen, if, if your father is a judge, your father is a judge, and the you you come to court, or your brother comes to court, and your father is the one judging, he's the one sitting in court or presiding over affairs. He he can't say, oh, it's my son, it's my son. He has broken the speed limit, or oh, he has he has broken the law by my son. So, son, I love you. No, he can't do that. God is a is a loving God. He's a loving father, and yet he's a righteous judge. He cannot listen. God cannot say, I am holy and. Turn a blind eye on sin. No. A holy God, watch this, watch this. I don't know why I'm preaching this, but somebody, watch this, watch this. A holy God must certainly be angry with sin. A holy God must of a necessity be angry with sin. And guess what? Not just angry with sin. He must punish sin. You want to see how serious God takes sin? Look at what Jesus went through just to attempt to pay for our sins. That tells you how serious God takes sin. How? You haven't been washed. You go back like a pig, back to the clay, to the mud. How? You haven't been washed like a dog. You go back to your vomit and start licking it again. How? And you say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 22 is for you. It has happened to them according to the, to the true proverb. A dog returns to his own vomit and a sorrow having washed to her wallowing in the mare. Don't go back. I won't go back. I can go back to the I can go back. I can't go back to sin. I can't go back to living comfortably in sin. I can't go back. Sin is serious. Sin is serious. Look at the cross. You cannot be boasting about the cross and stay in sin. No way. You can't be boasting and saying that forbidden that I should both save in the cross and still live comfortably, sin comfortably. So, God on the cross, the justice of God and the mercy of God, the anger of God and the love of God for the first time met. So when you look at the cross, you can see how God is angry with sin. And when you look at the cross, you can see how God is loving towards sinners. So, watch this, on the cross, when he shouted, Eloi, Eloi, baktani," it was because God has turned his face away from him, and not just that. When God turned his face away from him, do you know what? God emptied out, God emptied out his anger against sin on Christ. So Christ, hey, listen to this. Christ exhausted the anger of God. He drained God of anger towards you and I once we come into him. There is no, there is no, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is now therefore no condemnation. Hallelujah! There is now, hallelujah, hallelujah! There is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen, if you are not in Christ Jesus, that means that you are already condemned. There is no, now therefore, no condemnation. No condemnation. So the cross, Christ absorbed all the anger of God. So he took on our sin. Watch this. He took on our sins and he caused God to turn his face away from him. And he absorbed all the anger of God and hell was released on him. Hell was released on him on the cross. Hell was released. Ah, he couldn't take it. He killed him. Hell killed him on the cross. He killed his physical body. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, that he took he himself. He died for our sins. He suffered for our sins. The just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh. It was, they, they, they crucified him, but what really killed him was hell. The absence of God and the presence of sin. And the release of hell, he couldn't take it. He couldn't take it. So he suffered, as I told you the other time, raptured pericardium, the heart. It was an extreme level of depression. Broken heart. It was that what killed Jesus. Oh, oh my God. God. After that, he died. And he didn't actually die. He said he breathed his last. He chose when he was dying. His heart was broken. Without God, I can't live. Father, into my... With strength. He cried out normally on the cross. As I told you, you can't can't shout when you're about to die because you don't have strength. But he had so much strength, he could he could have lived. But further into your hands, I commit my soul. Hmm. He released his spirit. He released, he gave up the ghost. (laughs) You can't kill Jesus. He gave up the ghost. And physically, physically, he died. But he died so he can go. (laughs) <laughs> he said, Satan, I'm coming for you. Jesus, when he was nailed on the cross, he, he, I'm sure whilst he was crying, he opened one eye and he said, Satan, I'm coming after you. Hallelujah! He said, I am coming after you. Devil, I'm coming after you. Satan, I'm coming after you. That's one of the reasons why he had to die. But the last reason why he had to die, for which reason we have to boast in the cross in John. Chapter six from verse forty-four. Thank you, Lord Jesus. John chapter six. John chapter six, verse from verse uh, okay forty-eight. Forty-eight said, "I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that a man may eat and and what? A man may eat and what? Not die. A man may eat." And not die, not die. If you have your Bible with you and you're if open, you can underline not die. He said, I am, verse 51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. If the Bible is yours and you have it, you can underline live forever, live forever. And the bread which I give is my flesh, oh, oh all right, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews there, therefore strove amongst them saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Life in you, you can underline it. So that means when you eat it and you drink it, you have life in you. There is a certain life that is introduced into you, which you can't have otherwise. You have life in in you. 54, whosoever eats my flesh and drink my blood has uh, uh, has eternal life. You can underline has has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh it's meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eats me. Even he shall live by me. You can underline, even he shall live by me. Even he shall live by me. This is the bread. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eats this bread shall live forever. He that eats this bread, you can underline that one too. He that eats this bread shall live forever. Hallelujah, this sounds so good. We're going to eat his his bread and drink the blood, his flesh and drink the blood, hallelujah. There is a great benefit in it for us. Praise God. Okay, now when you, when you flip to, Chapter eight, verse John chapter eight, reading uh, John chapter eight from verse fifty one to fifty three. Um, it says that verily I say unto you, if any man keep my saying, he shall never see death. You can underline never see death is the same as not die, is the same as live forever. He shall never see death. Verse fifty two. Then then said the Jews unto him. Now we know that you thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And thou says, if any man keeps my saying, he shall never taste dead. You can understand, underline the word, never taste, taste. And you can circle the word taste. Taste death. So you can underline the words, never taste death, and encircle the word uh, taste. All right. He said he shall never see death verse 51 and they said you are you mean it shall never taste death is the same thing please. I'm going to explain it in a minute is the same thing. Tasting death, Jesus actually meant you can never taste that. They understand. They are. Uh, they understood what he meant by that. When you quickly flip to John chapter five verse twenty-four, he says in John chapter five verse twenty-four that verily, verily I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believes on on him that sent me has everlasting life. You can underline has everlasting life. Underline has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but has passed from death to life. You can underline has passed or is passed from death to life. You have moved from one level to the other. You have changed status. You have, oh, thank you, Jesus. He said that if you believe in him, if you hear his word and believe in him, your status has changed. And this status is not just the normal, ordinary status that people see around. It's the status that has changed in the spirit that normal people might not see, but it's efficacious in the mighty name of Jesus. And then last but one, John chapter 11. This is when Lazarus was dead. And Jesus Christ came to Bethany, and Lazarus' sister met him. Reading from verse 21, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, even now, someone say even now, I know that even now, Whatsoever thou wilt will ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus answered her, Thy brother shall live again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last. Day, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me is coming again. He that believes in him though he were dead, he shall live. Though he were dead, he shall live. Though he were dead, he shall live. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, he shall live. Though he, he were dead, he shall live. In the mighty name of Jesus. Actually, chapter five, verse twenty-six. I left it out. For as the Father has life in Himself, so has so has He given to the Son to have life in Himself, and has given Him authority to execute judgment. But uh, because He is the Son of Man, marvel not at this. For the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth. They that have done good, um, and then it continues. All right. So now, this is so important. We have read a few scriptures. Two, script, two sets of scriptures. One set says that if you eat my body, watch this, if you eat my, my flesh and drink my blood, you shall not die, you shall live. The other set said that if you hear my words and believe in me, you shall not die because you have crossed over. And he actually said that anyone who believes in me, even though he, was, he is dead, he will live. And he says that anyone who believes in me shall not see death. So, two things. If anyone who believes has died, they will live. And anyone who believes in me, if he's not dead yet, then you shall not see death. How can you say we shall not see death? We shall never die. But there are people who are born again already and have died. Many Christians have died and God. How can he say that you, if you believe in me, you shall not see death? Do you want to know the answer? Do you want to know the answer? Believing in him, watch this. You can't believe in him and not accept the communion. Eating it, the communion means that you have accepted the work on the cross and its benefits. The work on his work on the cross and its attendance opportunities, and benefits. And so when you when you eat the communion and you are a believer, for believers, if you are not a believer, you eat the communion. It doesn't mean squat. But if you are born again and you eat the communion in faith, oh, come on, it's, it carries the power of God. You have activated something. You have activated, you have provoked something that was procured for us on the cross. You have put Satan where he belongs. You have made a statement that Satan, my Jesus is going to get you. My Jesus is going to get you. Even though you might look like you have put me down here, I'm rising again because Jesus is going to come get you. Jesus is going to come get you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So now why did he say that if you live, if you live? If you believe in me, if you eat my flesh, because I've died already, if you eat my flesh, or uh, if you believe in me, you shall not die, you shall live forever. Uh, The the reason is in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might test death for everyone. This is loaded. He said Jesus was made little lower than the angels. In other words, he became a human being, according to uh, Philippians. He humbled himself and took on the form of a human nature. Now watch this. So he, uh, than the angels, for, please go back, please go back. For, thank you. For the, why did he become a human being? For the suffering of death. Did you see that? So the, the fact is we see Jesus crowned with glory and honor. Okay, because he died, now he has been crowned with uh, glory and honor. But before he was crowned with glory and honor, he became lower than angels. That means he became a human being. Why? For the suffering of death, because angels don't die. That's why some are in prison, in the Abus, 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 Abus Abusmos, uh, abyss sorry. So, that's why they don't die. So, watch this. It says that Jesus Christ became a, a, a human being. Why? For the suffering of death. This is so important. That's why he went to the cross. Why did he go to the cross? Is there in the scripture? Why did he go? Why did why did he go to the cross? Why did he have to suffer for suffer into death? Why? Is there? That there's a reason. That's all that so that can't you see it? So that what do you see? Tell me. Somebody read it out. So that by the grace of God he might him, uh, 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 what, what she said, uh, so that he, the reason why he had to die was so that he might test death for everyone. Who is everyone? Anyone who eats the communion. <laughs> who is everyone? The ones who hear his word and believe his words, who he said will never see death. Why did he say they will never see death? Because he came to take on death on their behalf. He didn't die his death. He died our death. Bible says that he died the just for the unjust. He suffered. So Jesus Christ came to die for us. He came to what? This is so important. He came to test death. Do you remember that the Jew said, "Who are you? You are demon possessed." John eight fifty two. John eight. He said, "How can you say that he? Uh, if uh, if anyone keep your saying, he shall never do or test." Did you see that word? Test. Test of death. Bible says that Jesus Christ was made a little lower than angels for the suffering of death, being crowned with glory and honor, that he might, by the grace of God, he might test death. He tasted it. He tested it. So guess what? If you are in Christ and you believe in his word, you don't have to taste it. Pastor, what does that mean? Hold well, on, I'm about to drop it I'll end. What does that mean? When a Christian is dying, and an unbeliever is dying. They are too dif- They are very different. You will never know until it's your turn to die. Why? Because when a believer is dying, that that cutting edge, that aggressive, chilling hands of death, he doesn't taste it. Oh. You won't taste death though. You 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 won't taste it. You just move, you slide into one state. You slide from one state to the other because you are not permitted to taste death. Why? Because you have eaten the body and the oh my goodness, thank you Holy Spirit. You you have believed in Jesus and you will not taste death. He has tasted death for everyone. Hallelujah. He death Jesus tested death for everyone what it means to die that is why he said ali, Oh no this is terrible Bible says that he, so he would he deliver us Who, through the fear of the Hebrews chapter 2 verse 15 He had to die. So he will destroy, verse 14, Hebrews two fourteen, Because the brethren were flesh and blood, he himself shared, the children of the shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who have the power of death. That's the devil. Watch the, the next verse. He didn't just destroy the devil, but he did also. And release those who through fear of death were subject, all their, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Fear of death puts you in bondage. You are not free. You are not free. I dare challenge anybody anywhere. Death, human death has been the greatest enemy of humanity. Every human being, everywhere, anywhere in the world, people fear death. But Jesus tested death on our behalf. So that he said, those of us who t- through the fear of death were all our lifetime subject. It brings some bondage. You are bound. That is why, guess what? Why is it that when he was going to the cross, he he was crying. Why did he? Or why on the cross? Why did he have to cry? It wasn't because it was bad. Because his disciples, when they were dying on the cross, they killed some of them. They were singing and smiling. There were, many martyrs were singing. How come their Lord, who was rather the boss, how was he crying? Or why was he crying to the Father when before the cross said, "If it's possible, let this not come ha- happen." Why was he trying to avoid it? Whilst his disciples embraced it. If he is the Lord, why? No, it wasn't because of their death. That he was fearing it was because the the wrath of God and the separation from God. That's what he, was his problem. The problem of Jesus was how can I be detached from the Father? How can I? But guess what? He was ready. He said, bring it on, bring it on, death. He faced death. That is why his disciples could face death without fear, because when when they went into death, death lost its victory over them. Death lost its power. So they just slid through from their doors like sliding door. Those of us who go to the slide in the, the, the park and you jump on the slides. When you jump on the slide, sometimes you, you, it takes you straight into the swimming pool. It is different from running down the stairs. Running down the stairs is different. When you sit in the slide, by the time you realize, that's how believers die. They don't taste the pain. They don't taste the pain. They don't taste the pain of death. He said, oh, death, where, where is your stinger? Where the pangs of death has been taken care of. Hallelujah. So he died on the cross that he might taste death for us so that we who have put our faith in him will live without tasting death. We will never see death. We will never see death. We just transition. Believers don't die. They sleep. Believers don't die. They sleep because death is not a problem to us again. We have overcome death. I overcome. Hallelujah. Jesus has given us the victory You can access the favor of God The power of God And the program of God And the the, the, the the blessing Anything God has for you The just shall live by faith It's faith assessed Faith assessed It takes faith to assess the blessings in God Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.